Happy New Year, everyone. This is Cindy addressing you from the sunny desert state of Arizona. I'm a former middle school and high school teacher and former school counselor. But most importantly, I've been a whistleblower in many schools. I like to start a weekly media post about my strange experiences in education that could fill a book. I worked in K-12 schools for 20 years as a teacher and school counselor, and now I'm working in more sane industries, hopefully. My intent is to share many of the experiences I've had over the years, and I hope they may shed light on why our K-12 system is broken. My employment in the last and possibly worst district I've ever worked in ended in April of 2022. A few months ago, there was an article written in the Daily Caller about some of my experiences there. Perhaps some of you have read it. Maybe it would be a good idea to make this first media post about some things that most parents and citizens don't know are happening in schools, and I'll go into more detail in future media posts. Since the pandemic, the public has started learning many disturbing things about schools after witnessing them during Zoom classes and being thrown out of school board meetings for objecting to COVID policies. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure there's much more that you probably don't know. Let's start with the way schools really feel about parents. Most of the admin who run schools and many teachers express extreme disdain for the parents of their students. Well, maybe disdain could be too strong a word for, to use for some of them, but they at, very, at the very least deeply disrespect parents. You only have to read the articles about schools all over the country keeping pronoun changes of transgender kids secret to understand the level of disrespect. On top of that, they lie about it. When I accused my last school district of defying state law by keeping transgender admissions secret, and the article written up about me, the district denied it. But just recently, the superintendent was, was caught on tape openly admitting at a parent meeting that the district does not inform parents when students change pronouns, as I had stated in the article. Now let's talk about the vaping and drug problem plaguing almost all schools. Vaping and drugs are rampant in middle school and high school restrooms. Even in some elementary schools, and even in some of the best schools. Everyone knows about it, except of course parents, but they choose to ignore it and allow it to go on. Why not place guards at the doors of restrooms? The worst things in schools happen in the restrooms. You name it, it happens in a restroom, which is just so coincidentally the one place where no adults are present. But schools don't want to deal with the problem. I've suggested guards be placed at uh, restrooms at many schools, but only one school tried it and it was successful. Uh, next, I'd like to address federal school safety grants being doled out to many schools. These safety grants are usually utilized to hire school counselors, social workers, and SROs who are otherwise known as school resource officers or police officers. It is the grant that I was usually hired under when working as a school counselor. I'm not really sure why so many schools apply for these grants because in my experience, most administrators usually don't want to admit there are any suicidal or mentally ill kids at their schools. <clears throat> if school counselors are really good at their job, meaning they find help for suicidal kids, they are usually disliked by administration. And while we're on the subject of school counselors, in Arizona and many states, school counselors, 
social workers, and school psychologists are merely required to be certified by the Department of Ed, and they're not licensed by a state mental health licensing board, like many people might believe. And by the way, school psychologists are not supposed to even counsel students. They're trained to test students for various conditions. I have found there's much misunderstanding about these evolving and changing roles in schools. Under the safety grant, school counselors and social workers are dealing with pretty heavy-duty issues such as suicide, which they're ill-trained for, frankly, but they're really accountable to no one who understands mental health. On my own, I decided to obtain extra certifications regarding suicide and crisis counseling before I took my first safety grant counseling position at a school, but most counselors do not do this because it's not required. In 2022, I tried to report a counselor to the State Board of Education for inappropriate conduct when I was at my last district, but nothing was done about it. However, I have no doubt that a state licensing board would have definitely done something. Bullying is another hot topic. It's a crime in all 50 states which have, have adopted anti-bullying laws, but the administrators I've encountered gaslight students and parents alike and have adopted the same line. Uh, we don't have bullying here, or they say, that isn't bullying. But yes, I can assure you I've witnessed and heard of a lot of bullying going on. But as with the suicidal kids, they don't want to deal with it or admit it. I think I'll close with sexual harassment. I reported three school employees over the years for sexually harassing students, and each one of those schools found a way to make it clear that I was the one that was no longer welcome there anymore. Two of those employers, employees were at least fired, but there's still one out there at the last school I worked in. He even admitted to the harassment, but they let him stay without consequences and instead pushed me, the whistleblower, out. I know a lot of this is just unbelievable. I have a lot more stories. Parents, please keep your eyes and ears open in your kids' schools. There's a lot going on that you should know about. Till next time, Happy New Year again, and I hope you'll keep joining me as I reveal more about my experiences in K-12 schools. Thanks for listening.